Season's going to end on a double doink, 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 doink. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know. It's the TC Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know an idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea, and then uh, prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why it's funny? It wasn't. It wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me? Yeah, I don't know that idea. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. The doctor is now in. And a good Tuesday afternoon to you. Yes, a little moody blue day, isn't it? Feels like a moody blue Tuesday afternoon. But it's good. We're revved up, fired up, ready to roll here on a Tuesday. T.C. Martin with you, streaming live coast to coast, border to border, wherever you may be. Thank you for joining us as uh, we get into... A lot of basketball today, and of course it is our favorite day of the week. That is Tuesday. That means there is plenty of terrible Tuesday rants and takes. And a pretty nice guest lineup today as well, too. Curtis Terry will join us, the former UNLV guard. The last team he was part of that went to the Sweet 16, Long Kruger's team back in the day. And of course, Curtis does a great job on the radio side as the running rebel analyst. So he will join us. From the Air Force Academy coming up this afternoon as UNLV gets ready to take on Air Force to try to come back after that brutal loss that they had Saturday night at the Thomas and Mack Center to arch rival Reno or Nevada. But as we know here in Vegas, you don't say Nevada. You say UNR or you say Reno. Curtis Terry will join us. We'll talk some hoops with him. Paul Gutierrez, the Raiders insider ESPN, our very good friend. And yes, I'm sure there will be some breakdancing, some 70s and 80s references uh, coming from him, as always. So we appreciate that. Plus, Terrible Tuesday takes. And another special guest in the house here today, making his way all the way from Curacao. Uh, a couple pit stops along the way. I think Miami Beach, Florida, get a little suntan and get a little frozen in his native land of Chicago, Illinois. The guru of professional wrestling, my longtime tag team partner, Big Al Lorenz is in the house. Guru, what's going on, man? Oh, so nice to be back in Vegas, T, to see you and Nunchuck sit here in the studio. Can't beat it, guys. Here yeah. we go. Big, Big Al's been teasing us. He's been calling in, saying, hey, I'm coming, I'm coming. It's like, oh, he's here. And there we go. So what I have to do? Big Al says, we're going to lunch today. I had to take him to our spot. All right. Our new spot. All right, our Chicago hot dog slash pizza slash Italian beef slash pizza puff. I never had a pizza puff. You never, wait, hold hold yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. There you go, pizza puff. Yeah. So Big Al goes to the menu today and, and he goes, "Oh, I'm down with the dogs." And uh, oh, I gotta get a pizza puff. I go, a "What? A pizza puff? You got a pizza puff? You've never had a pizza puff? I, I never had a pizza puff, but." When it looked like a croissant with a whole bunch of, it looked like a stromboli to me, like a, like like a half baked stromboli or calzone. That's what it looked like to me. I don't know where you guys come up with pizza puffs. It's just called heaven in my, in, in in my book. It's heaven. Yeah. Okay. He's absolutely right, TC. You right. you see, you you talk yourself of being a foodie. Yeah. You ain't lived till you had a pizza puff, brother. <laughs> yeah. I love. It. All right. So we go to the Chicago place for lunch today. Big Al orders half the menu because he needs to try everything. Of course he does. It, it was beautiful. I, mean, I thought he was going to go with the with the deep dish pizza to go, but we, we're, we're going to pace ourselves. And of course, what do we do? You know, being the the two gentlemanly guys that we are, text Numchuck, call him, say, "Hey, we're going to bring you something today." Big Al's insistent. I said, "Listen, tell me what you said, Numchuck." I said, "I'm probably having it for dinner, so I don't want to have." Back to back. Why? You, someone is being nice and is going to bring you food and pay for the food, and you decline. Because it's back to back pizza night. De- decline. This guy yeah, always so many, declines. And there's so many good things on the menu. There That's is so right. many. It's I know. Yeah, you, could, see, you could eat no. there for a week. G- give yourself the buzzer. That is the lamest excuse I've heard. You could have went Chicago dog. You could have went Chicago dog. You I'm probably going to have like three dogs tonight. Italian beef. You could add pizza. You could add a pizza puff. Think about this. I could have had an Italian beef. So the first half of the show yeah. would have been all of us silent while I'm just sitting here eating a, a, a beaver. No. That, that, that's okay. No. We offer. You always decline. 
See, I thought it was something personal. But no. now you declined from the guru. Yeah, but that's okay. I I, I uh, told you yeah. the other night when I called you on the phone before I left Chicago, yeah. or St. Louis, actually, when I called you, <laughs> I come bringing gifts. Oh. Uh-oh. Gifts. Uh-oh. Look at that. Look at that. He hit a little like a hey, Christmas no, no, tree. No. I brought, I, did I not bring gifts in November? Yes, you did. Remember, remember the last gift that you got from Big Al? Oh, what was it? No, I can't remember. Why can't I remember? Oh, jeez. Yeah, th- this guy can't remember. No, I didn't bring anything for you guys. Oh, you didn't? Oh, no. For, he, the, for the meet and greet. Oh, I know. You brought he, he AC. Brought, yeah. You brought, yeah. Alicia Clark. You brought yeah. her. Yeah. That, that, you brought her the, well, the, you the rum from Curacao. See, you can't come. You can't come to visit Vegas. You can't come and visit yeah. somebody you've known for over 30 years and you run with them. You, you hang with them and come empty handed. You can't okay. do it. Well, are you trying to say something? I got, I have gifts. Ooh, well, let's go. Big Al brought gifts. All right. Do we have a gift music? Do we have, uh, you know, it's like game show music or something? I don't know. Wait, and wait. they're not parting gifts. They're not parting gifts. Okay. Wait, he's he's bringing something out here. Okay, hold on. Wait for the music here. Got to wait for the cue here. This is a production now. This is we don't true. mess around here. I don't, he's, he's, re, he's reaching We have out. one for Numchuck. We have one for the doctor. Whoa, 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 whoa. And let's describe this. Big Al's reaching the bag and comes out. Looks like a green T-shirt. Are these fatigues? Look like army fatigues. Let me see. I'm going to open this up, and it says, oh, my goodness. String. Numchuck. Do you see we I have I saw here? it. That's, I'm... Big Al, the guru of professional wrestling, and one of the last times that we had you on, we were talking about this. He brought us an official Iron Chic t-shirt. Cheeky baby. Legends live forever. Iron Sheik, 1942 to 2023. Big Al, this is amazing. Yes. Even better even better than Blue Curacao. Wow. The Sheik at its finest. Now, here's what I want to know here. Well, I know that these were recently printed because it has this date of death on here. And again, we gave our tribute to the Sheik when, when you right. were last year. When- no, right? no, 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 no. We, well, we had fun. talked about him. We, yeah. Because we had talked about, we touched about him and the, and the and, Funk. And Terry, at the same Terry time. Funk, you know, right. just a week or so apart, right? No. De- no weeks Terry, apart. Terry, no. Terry's about six weeks. You were in New York when, when, when Terry died. Man. We did, we did the tribute together oh. because you were on the road. Okay, you were on the road. Correct. Got you. Uh, so obviously the, the chic, very close to my heart, uh, our hearts. Uh, some great NWC days. So I, I was going to say, if this, if this did not have his death date on here, I was going to say that Big Al confiscated this from an NWC show back in the mid to late 90s. I was going to ask, is that you getting the clutch? No. You know who that is, Numchuck? You know, that's that jabroni Hulk Hogan. I put him in camel clutch. That's it. You want my picture? You want a picture of Iron Sheik and camel clutch? Yes. Or you want a picture with Iron Sheik and Cindy Lauper and Goonies? You want that one? Five dollars. You know how much Al Big, how much me and the jabroni Hulk Hogan, how much that picture? One dollar. One dollar. You know why? That jabroni ruined the business. Ha! Pooey! Love the Sheik. True story. That's what, when, oh, that's, yeah. what, that's what Sheik told us when, you know, <laughs> when we would do the uh, sell his memorabilia. Yeah. Well, you remember Sheik used to walk around with his briefcase. He always had his, the press <laughs> clippings with him from from like Madison Square when they sold out. Not, when, not he only dropped that, the title. The whole not thing. only that, 1968 Olympic. Yes, in Arabic. Uh, yes. Arabic. I couldn't even read it. And 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 listeners, you wouldn't even know what you wouldn't even know if the Sheik when he had a, a full head of hair. That's true. That's the first time I met him. I met him in like 1972. Wow. Yeah, he was working for the AWA with yeah. with Vern Gagne, and they would do the promotion out of the amphitheater in Chicago. <laughs> and he wasn't even wrestling then. He wasn't even on a card. He was like ring set up, this, that. They they even used him as a referee. Man. Vern did. It was it was crazy. Matter of fact, the second the second match I can remember this vividly from the amphitheater. The second match on the card, an up and coming talent named Ric Flair <laughs> versus a, a young a young new superstar, the magnificent Morocco. Don, Don Morocco. Morocco. Don Morocco yeah. was a was a was a baby face. Yeah, yeah. Now Don Morocco had a good head of hair too. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that, that's amazing. You know who would love this shirt here? I might have to give this shirt to to I Weep. I Weep, the personal valet of the Sheik in Sacramento. That, that'd be fine. Yeah. yeah you know, you, 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 Sheik said to I Weep. 
You got a gimmick? You, you got, got a gimmick? gimmick. <laughs> you got a medicine. Yeah. <laughs> Big Al, thanks, man. Where'd you get this? Can I ask? Um, or well, is this a secret? No, it's it's sort of a secret. Because secret my pizza. nephew actually ordered them for me. Yeah. He sent me the picture of them, and he says, he says, you know, you know, I know you were close to the Sheik, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, you and T are both close to the Sheik, and he worked a lot of times with with you guys over in Vegas. And I said, yeah. He goes, well, the the new group. I don't even know what the name of the thing is. The, what's the new? Some other initials. Who knows? Who yeah, cares? Yeah. Some other initials. Yeah. They actually doing memorabilia stuff for the old guys. Okay. And he sends me this, and he sends me this the, the picture of what I just brought, and I said, "Well, you got to order me." Then I know I'm coming out here. I said, "Well, you got to order me two more." <laughs> I said, "One for one for T, obviously, yeah. my partner, but yeah. one for my my radio partner here." That's right, Dumb Chuck. That's who's, right. Who's who's, a, who's a, ab- a, absolutely took care of me on November the fourteenth of two thousand twenty-three. Ah, oh, man. Can you imagine? I, I say this all the time. Can you imagine if Numchuck was around back in our days? Oh, now what role would you have given Numchuck? That's a good question, but because he does it all anyway. He, but he kind of he does. He has a little. Well, you know, he, he has a resemblance. Well, needless to say, he puts Stacey O to shame. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 the guys at the cow and all everybody else oh, where you've been, but uh, uh, yeah, boo, no, no, yeah. No, no. But, what are you uh, talking? About? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in our NWC promotion. Oh, oh, definitely. He definitely. He would've. has a resemblance. Do you he, notice that? He, he does have a resemblance to somebody that worked. He definitely would have. He definitely would have worked the heel door. He, he would have worked the heel door. Absolutely, absolutely. He'd have been a perfect, perfect heel door. He has a resemblance to David Hogg. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. I, I, without the we, without the we, fescule, we, exactly, we could probably make make him uh, a referee too. Now I'm checking. You know how to take a bump. Of course, <laughs> you know you fly over to fly over. I mean, you know, we've heard stories of your of your youth where things didn't go well for you. Uh, you know, yeah. There's but, one. Uh, there's one problem though. What's that? As we know, if you're regular listening to the show, Numchuck not too good at math. I don't know if he doesn't count. have to. He doesn't have to. I don't think count to three. Hold on, hold on. I don't know if he counts three. One, two, six. <laughs> Shoot. Foot on the rope. rope. <laughs> Give him the Bundy five counts. <laughs> exactly. I can't count to five. Are you kidding me? Uh, well, you stop at four. So like every like You're every right, other referee. That's good though. Well, every other referee when he's ch- doing a chokehold. He'd, he'd work the heel door. That's great. He'd be he'd be working he'd be the, the heel, heel door. door. Yeah. Now be perfect. That's the big responsibility working the heel door because you know the silver nugget we had. You know, we had the baby faces come out of one side, and you know, again, we were all true school, old school. You know, true to to the craft here. You, you, everyone separated, separate trailers, all that stuff, separate entrances, and that heel door get a lot of commotion, a lot of commotion. Well, that's where the Section Eight crew sat. That's right, Section Eight crew, and they they were like. They want to bang down the door. I mean, you know, objects being thrown. Oh yeah, you know, at you. Oh yeah. Uh, the paramedics would set up by by that heel door. Absolutely correct, because <laughs> that was usually usually where they necessarily yeah. had to be. Yeah. In case you know something ever happened in the back of the nugget or Nubchuck something. Like could that. probably be a good timekeeper though too. Oh, they have him at the table. Would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our, our timekeeper, our timekeeper in Bellmaster, he was okay. You he, know, he was okay, but he wouldn't take a bump. Wouldn't take a bump. He was afraid. Hey, Terry's going to lay you out tonight. No, 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 no. I can't get hurt. I got to go to work in the morning. <laughs> your boy Huey. We're going to put you through a table. No, 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 no. That's not going to happen. Cactus Jack, come on in. You know, I'd like to tell you a little story about a dinner contest that took place recently where the winner of the drawing would get to have dinner with the wrestler of their choice. And on a recent card, the winner, who happened to be a 13-year-old girl, she was the lucky winner, and she said, I'd like to have dinner with... Rob Van Dam, <laughs> and it hurt me deep inside, you see, because I thought that I was fighting for a certain image. I believed that as Cactus Jack, that I deserved to have women who loved me too. But you understand, Bill, I've finally come to grips with the fact that it doesn't matter if I get the skin ripped off my flesh. It doesn't matter, matter if my eye opens up like the Grand Canyon. It doesn't matter how many body parts I lose. Because the women never liked me. And they never will. But you take a look at the NWC crowd and you start to understand why Cactus Jack is the number one contender. Because they all look like me. 
They all look like me, and deep down inside, they kind of wish they were. They wish it was them standing up there saying, here, Sabu, moonsault me. Saying, here, doctor, here's my pancreas. Can you save it? Well, Sabu, you call him the legendary Sabu. Well, I'm of the opinion that the only legends there are are dead legends. And standing here with a missing ear, no teeth in this flesh burned right off my body. I've got very good news, Sabu. I can arrange that. <laughs> I can arrange it all. Because I'm Cactus Jack. You're not. The one and only. Cactus Jack. Do you remember? Do you remember that when that spot of was shot? Of course. He had just gotten off a plane from Japan. Yes. That's he why almost he was... didn't make the show. We talked he about had, that. He had like second and third degree burns yes. from his shoulder down to his down yeah. down his forearm, yeah. almost to his wrist. Yeah. Because he got in one of those wacko matches and he was in coming Tokyo. from Japan and then we pick him up at the airport and told the story numerous times. And he's all banged up. Well, what's going on? What's going on? I, I, he goes, well, I was in a firebomb match last night in Tokyo, and it, it got kind of got out of hand. <laughs> out of hand? <laughs> I, 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 you'd be able, he goes, don't worry about it. He goes, I'll be ready to go. Yeah, how many? How, how, then we go. What do you need, a half hour, 45 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> then we go, we cut the interviews. That was that afternoon. And then uh, here we come that, that night, and he's ready to go. No, He was it, totally the, insane. One of the best of all time, as we all well know. And when it came down to interviews, that is one of the one of the best. I mean, we had so many fantastic interviews, stand up spots there. But that goes down in history as one of the best. Yeah, and, no question and, about that. The one I like the most. Thanks for with, pulling that up, Nemcho, because that the one brought I back like the a most, lot of memories. Yeah, the one I like the most with Cactus is the one where where he does the. I'm going to put Sabu out of wrestling, and he does the wheelchair out of the, right. with the bang bang coming out. Right, outstanding. I mean, you you put those, you just hand him a microphone and just say, "Go do it." Yeah. See you later. Talk to you when you're done. Yeah. You know, give you give me my minute and a half, and and he, that's the pro that that he was, and so many of those guys were. I mean, no stuttering, no stammering, no take twos. Boom, go. And what I always loved about Cactus is he incorporated. The NWC, he incorporated the fans, he incorporated who he was wrestling, he would always put over the promotion. And again, that that's he was a giant ticket seller. And he was always and he was always uh always uh primed to give you a give you a shot or two on the oh, sure. on, on the way by, you know. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. But you know, a nice good subtle thing, oh, yeah. you know. And then we're going out to dinner afterwards. I mean, yeah. again, you know, when the, when the but, light goes on, boom, you're ready to go. Just like all of us were. I mean, that light goes on. It's magic time. Well, the true profession, like you say, but we, we were lucky to and fortunate that you, you were able to corral a lot of those guys, a lot of guys like that, that would be able to just come in. Boom, 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 boom. You didn't have to tell them what to do or how to do it. They just said what, who, what, when, where, and how, and let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. It Wait. took a, took a lot off, took a lot off the plate. Especially on match day. Yeah. Not, not that there wasn't enough to do. Oh, yeah. So I'm skipping through this, this show. Yeah. Give me your favorite Don Juan story. Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> I just saw a sign in here that was kind of, I don't know how you, how you guys didn't confiscate that. Which sign? I mean, again. You, it says Don Juan is a certain word. Oh, yeah. Three, yeah. three letters starts with an F, right? Yeah. Oh. Well, which, or you, you talk about the one that starts with an H. There's, I've seen both. Yeah. That was the Section Eight crew. Yeah, yeah. that was Curtis and yeah. those guys. Confiscate that? I mean, I, I guess you guys are like weren't. Well, this is on TV, so I mean, uh, you got to remember, okay, the matches that we had, okay. And Alice said this, you know, I don't like patting ourselves on the back, but you know, okay, deservedly so, we should. We were ahead of our time with all this stuff. No, you and, were, and we were pushing envelopes that, as you know, from the Desert Death Match. To where again, who else is going to you know have wrestlers fight in a casino and body slam each other on blackjack tables when chips are flying? That's one. B. Everything is governed by not only the state uh, athletic commission, but also the gaming control boards involved and that sort of thing. We're breaking tables where the athletic commission is is, is seated. We're having matches with. With nooses and, and, and sheets and, you know, 
KKK references and that sort of thing. And again, it was, we knew which lines we could cross. We couldn't cross. There was never any cursing or swearing on the air. But again, you, everybody knew how to get heat, how to push the envelope as far as you possibly could to generate reaction. And could you imagine if we had social media back in the 90s when we oh, were doing our promotion? Yeah, because, you know, people, again, they would take pictures of that. And then, again, the Bible, basically, of professional wrestling at that point in time was, you know, the wrestling magazines and then the wrestling observer, Dave Meltzer and those guys, we, we, we did a fantastic job in those days. And you had to wait a week or two, sometimes a month later before getting that unless you saw the product live on television or you know we recorded episodes well you see we got to we got to a place with the nwc and t's creative juices and all the guys when t would sit down with them and i'd sit down with them and say you know like t said pushing the envelope you had to remember the two big guys that were fighting each other i mean on a small small scale the guys that in charlotte and atlanta and then vince they couldn't get there there was impossible for them to, they could never put that on, on TV. Okay. So we were doing it locally. We were able to push the envelope, like you say, all the way to the extreme. And then I get, I would think that what spun off from here, a lot of the guys that we used, the, the top lot, the top number guys ended up in Philadelphia mm-hmm. at ECW, you know, Rob, Sapu, Terry, Mick, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Hey, we could do it in Vegas. We should be able to do it in Philadelphia, and that's what made. I I don't want I don't want to say backhandedly that we kind of helped them along the way because they would code they would go to Heyman and Joey Styles or whoever was running the the ECW and say, Hey, we did this in Vegas and we thought it was pretty cool. We got a lot of heat with it. Yeah, so let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was a lot of simultaneous stuff that was going on, you know, between. Uh, us and, and ECW, there's never a rivalry. But again, you know, we would, you know, those guys would say, "Hey, I'm 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 out in Vegas. I'm I'm working this. I'm doing that." And you know, I had a couple conversations with Paul Heyman about you know stuff and doing stuff together in this. But our our audiences were totally different. Our platforms were were totally different. And again, there was never any ill will like there was with WWF and in WCW at the time between Vince and Turner and all that stuff. And great. I mean, those guys had the full blown syndication. They had the super station with TBS on stuff. And again, you know, we knew where our spot was and it wasn't, you know, that we were trying to compete, but you know, the wrestlers basically said, Hey, if I have a choice, cause most of these guys were free agents at the time. They said, if I got a chance to go to the NWC and I got a chance to, to go to, I'm going, you know, because Hey, we're treated right. We get in great exposure and the crowds are fantastic. And, and, and the buzz was there. And there was one, one thing you missed. Mm-hmm. We always got paid. Yes, this is true. Which a lot of Every- independents, you can't say that. Oh yeah, that's right. Even yeah. that E. ECW didn't didn't really get paid a lot. I know, and that's why we had guys. Yeah, okay. Come well, we my phone would ring all the time from the Tommy Dreamers and other like that wanted to come work for us, and I basically said, I'm not going to bring somebody in unless they could be part of a storyline or unless they could be with us kind of long term. Okay, because I viewed this as as building a roster no different than a team in a sport. It's like okay. I don't want to bring somebody in for one time. Now, if we bring somebody in and we've got some long-term plans and they don't work out or they've got an attitude or something, there was a handful of guys. Okay. Thank you. But no, thank you for, for going forward. And so it, it became a fraternity, became a roster. And that's why you saw the matches that we had. And that's why you saw the, the chemistry and the cohesiveness that we had, because it was treated as such. They knew when they came here, they were going to get treated right. Like you said, plain, Flights, uh, hotel accommodations, food, and they were going to be on television and they were going to be able to sell their memorabilia. And all of that was, was wrapped up in one. And like I said, we were governed. We were the only organization, the only organization that was governed by the state athletic commission. And so all the checks, all the physicals, all contracts had to go through the athletic commission because it was treated like boxing. And again, when, Mark Ratner 
I mean, bless him. And he's talked about it here. I mean, when he was the executive director, told him what we wanted to do. Um, and we even in- incorporated Mark in a couple of the bits in the ring as, as the commissioner. Yes, we did. But a lot of that was true where you could not do certain things or we had to get approval from the athletic commission to do it. And, uh, again, everything was, was contracted. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine, like you talk, T talks about the desert death match. Can you imagine anybody other than two true professionals like Sabu and, and Cactus doing that in, in a casino? You couldn't get away with it. Couldn't get away with it. You couldn't no. get away with it. No. With no. Jobbers be, or first any, of all, line guys. you'd be arrested, but before you even got to that point, they would be carted out immediately. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they knew exactly what to do and how to do it. Yeah. And it was, it was, it, and it went over fantastically, <laughs> swillingly, I, I should say. <laughs> Look at that, that NWC wrestling I, moment brought to you by. I have Big it on a promo if you want to hear it. I would love to. Anderson, you shut your mouth. You quit talking about Virgil. You quit talking about the warrior, Jim the Anvil Neidhart. I'm tired of hearing about these movie stars you see on TV from week to week. Well, Johnny Payne ain't been on TV from week to week. He's been locked up and locked down, being hit with prods. Get up, Johnny Payne, get up. Well, now Mr. T.C. Martin signed him. Six-month tryout contract. It worked, I guess, because now he's brought me back for more money. And Johnny Payne wants those movie stars. Sabu, you think you're really tough, you're really bad? Indians, sleeps with wolves, Navajo punk, you step on up. You felt that what Johnny Payne can give you. And if those two fat pigs from New York want some of this... Bring it on! <laughs> Tell him, Billy Anderson! Violence! Let's play that game! <laughs> Johnny Psycho Payne. One of the best. Another guy that we brought up. T, he, he yeah. was, he, he probably was your best find. Him and Keith were probably your, your two <laughs> best finds. I mean, John, I, I, I can't believe that Johnny hasn't had a, a more of a bust up bigger career than mm-hmm. he actually had. I mean, great. I mean, he had a great career. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm, from what I understand, he's still working the last time we talked to him. Yeah. But man, he was, he was just awesome. I mean, he was just a true, na- he was a natural. He was a natural. He really he, was. He, he had the gift. He had the look and everything. And again, what I appreciated about him and some of the other guys, especially the younger guys who were trying to get in the business and were trying to build up coachable. Coachable. Those guys were very, very coachable and did whatever we asked them to do. Well, you changed it from from the pit bull, which right. what which yeah. what Buzz put on him. Right. You changed him to the psycho because yeah. we already had you know we already had JYD who was a, a much bigger known commodity at the right. time. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for those you say no no, yeah. no two dogs in the pound, right? No two dogs in the pound. We've got to change your gimmick. And he was. Uh, a little reluctant because, well, this is, you know, hey, I, I, this is my look. This is my, oh, we can keep your look, you know, but we're changing your name and, and this other, you know, merch that you have coming in with. I mean, gotta, no one knows who you are right now, so we can build you fresh. And that's the way it was. And then he, he took Psycho and just, and ran with it. Oh, well, the first time he came in, in, in uh, appropriately so. I mean, he was, yeah, he absolutely. played that Psycho role to it, to the T. And he ran it to the T, and he and he and he got heat every time. Every time he was on the card, he got extreme heat. Yeah, no question about it. Yeah, you know, we were talking to Darnell Hillman, you know, yesterday regarding the slam dunk contest, talking about how, you know, the art of the dunk and that sort of thing. And what Darnell focused on was the power, the power of the dunk. And when you bring up Johnny Psycho Payne, I think of the power, the power of the body slam, the power of, of, you know, the, the, the hits of the forearms to the back and that sort of thing, you know, I mean, force, power, and then taking that personality over the top. Those were all things that, that, that put you over either as a face or a heel that gets you over with the crowd. Well, and, and, and he did that with so many of the other guys. They did it with force is my long winded translation. Yeah. Well, that goes back, that goes back to his training. I mean, he was with Bud Sawyer. I mean, yeah. Yeah. If you didn't do things exactly mm-hmm. 1000% yeah. the way Buzz wanted you, right. you did it a hundred times again and, and Buzz would actually crack right. on you. And we would do that with, with Sabu as well, too. It's like, okay, wait a minute. You, you're banged up. I mean, dude, you're, you're not, gonna, you're not going to be able to do this much longer if you keep putting, you know, yourself through these tables and this and that. And he goes, it's the only way that I know. It's like, you know, I just felt, you know, hey man, I I don't want you to get hurt. But he goes, that's that's okay. 
So you, you try to protect these guys as much as you can, but you can't protect them from themselves. No, you they, know what they, I mean, they, and, and, and that's, that's the way they got over them. Right. Yeah. Because the people's people that were sitting at the Silver Nugget, I mean, you're right on top of like you and I sitting here talking in the studio. Mm-hmm. They were right on top of it. So if you were given a half-assed bump or faking something, yeah. you know, they didn't go. They didn't take that too lightly because our fans were pretty hardcore. Nemchuk, where were you thirty years ago? See, could put you in the promotion. What a, I, I was. You know, he was stealing like Bill four. Cartwright's hat. That's what it exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Uh, we got plenty of terrible Tuesday takes for you, but thank you very much, Al, for uh, the chic shirts. Uh, great memories there. And thank oh, you for Numchuck w- for, for keeping the NWC alive uh, with some, some old uh, well, video and audio there. Enjoy well, them. Enjoy them. Wear them well. Wear them proudly. You know, Sheik was an icon, and Sheik did everything in this business. And, you know, very. Very few gimmicks that he no he was the only one that ever had the mm-hmm. the true Iranian gimmick you know yeah you know a lot of you had a lot of Russians you had a lot of this and you had a lot of that mm-hmm. and you had a lot of Japanese wrestlers you know throw salt and everything there was no one understand other than the real other than Eddie Farrat in Detroit mm-hmm. there was nobody that ever compared to the Iron Sheik mm-hmm. we come back plenty of terrible Tuesday takes. Check out his big stethoscope. Or not. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. All right, don't forget, back at the Westgate Las Vegas on Friday inside the Superbook. Always fantastic each and every Friday. Come on by, see the show live. We're talking a lot of hoop this week. Jay Cornegay, Marco D'Angelo there. I think Big Mo will be joining us. Paul Mokeski, the seven-footer, the guru. Big Al Lorenz, after he gets done doing his best Pete Weber impersonation. Do you know what I'm talking about, Numchuck? Pete Weber? No. Earl, he... Earl Anthony? No. No, oh, jeez. Why, Give me another a, why one. don't you use a Vegas guy? Yeah. Anthony Simonson. How, how would he know that? Darren Tang. <laughs> hockey? Oh, the hockey game? No. Oh, no, it's Pang I'm thinking of. Darren Tang. Bowling. Oh, okay. Yeah. See? See? I don't another, know. Another this one. is where the age oh. is showing in, which I can't blame him. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, people. It's a dead no, game. I understand. It's a dead game. Nobody watches bowling. There's on one bowler that I know, and he's sitting across from you. No, no, no. <laughs> Two bowlers I know now. The, the one that I know has a beautiful head of hair. Big, big old afro. And there's two. Oh, you talk about Kyle Troop. Troop. Yeah, Troop. He, he just won the U.S. Open. Yeah. <sighs> about three weeks ago. Fox Sports 1, guys, on Sundays. Yeah. I think we're watching something else on Sundays. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. (laughs) It's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right, the NBA All-Star Weekend just concluded. We talked a lot about that yesterday. Where do I start? The celebrity game? The future stars game on Friday? The slam dunk contest? Three-point shootout on Saturday? Or do we talk about the game itself? Well, whatever you want to say, I want to say disaster. How's that? Beyond terrible disaster. Now, sure, there was a couple... One shining moments. We know what that is. Steph and Sabrina was a one shining moment. But for the most part, when we talk about the All-Star Game, we just shake our head in disgust once again. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, had pressured everyone involved with this weekend in this game, including players, to put on a competitive show. Not even so much show. He wanted a competitive game. He actually wanted defense. He wanted this to become more like a normal game. Now, you understand you're not going to get that exactly, but you've got to get something better than what we've seen in years past. You got to. Instead, what did we get? East 211, West 186. Do the math. 
397 points. That's 397 points. Our good friends at the at the Westgate and the Superbook, they could not make a line high enough. Oh, we'll put it maybe 350. And like we talked about yesterday, you, there's no bar. You don't know. Where do you even start the bar at, at what level for an all-star game? You go by last year or the year by it just keeps getting obliterated year after year. How about 397 and, points? How about a hundred in the first? A hundred in the first. 53 to 47 at the end of one, 100 points. Yes, you had a scoring display, but of course you had no defense. You did have some incredible shooting, fantastic shooting percentages. But then again, who really wants to see this type of a mess? 289 shots attempted. 289 shots. How many free throws were, you know, put in this game? Five. Five free throws. Carl Anthony Towns had 50 points. He was 23 for 35. I mean, it's just like, you know, shooting in warm-ups because no one's guarding you. Damian Lillard had 39 points. He was your MVP. How about the comments that the players are making about the All-Star game? All right? Here's Adam Silver on one hand saying, we need a competitive game. Ratings were down last year. We cannot have this anymore. This is going by the way that the NFL has gone. Come on, guys. Step up. Fans do not want to see this garbage of no defense and free-for-all basketball. Let's give them an effort. Okay, sounds good. What happens? 397 points. Anthony Edwards. He's one of the up-and-coming stars. Right now, plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? He admitted, I'm not playing hard. Here's his quote. For me, it's an all-star game. So I will never look at it as being super competitive. It's always fun. I don't know what they can do to make it more competitive. I don't know. I think everyone looks at it like, hey, it's a break. So I don't think anyone wants to come here and compete. That's pretty much the mindset for every player that plays in this game now. It's like, well, it's supposed to be fun. I don't want to be the guy that upsets the apple cart. Every one of these clowns are followers. No one's a leader. And we talk about the guys that played in this game going back in the, you know, even before the 70s, but the 70s and the 80s, even the early 90s, were they were prideful to be selected to the All-Star team. Heck, we had James Donaldson on last week. Remember that? 1988 All-Star. It was, it was an honor. We've talked to Bill Cartwright before. It was an honor. So many guys in the past, all right? And it, no, it's not because they're old or whatever, because that's the way the game was played back then. You had pride. You would wear your team uniform and represent the conference that you played for. Thank goodness at least the NBA went back to the conference affiliations and we had a Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. Instead of this charade, Team LeBron, Team so-and-so, all this other nonsense. So and Adam Silver's trying to get away from all of the nonsense, but when you have players that are not willing to go along, what can you do? And I don't want to hear the excuse, well, it's injuries. Someone might get hurt. As I said yesterday, these guys play harder in pickup games during the summer when they're trying to get in shape. All right, You've heard people like Matt Barnes talked about the sessions that they would go to UCLA and play against Kobe Bryant, playing five-on-five, playing three-on-three. These guys play defense. This is how you get prepared for the NBA season. In an all-star game, you telling me that you can't play hard like the guys that came before you? Yeah, it's downright embarrassing. And for people to say, well, look at all these, you know, the high shooting percentages and all, isn't that cool? Yeah, you know, watching Damian Lillard, you know, hit threes uncontested from 35, 40 feet. Okay. I, I understand that. But if you look at the crowd, they're bored. You know, after you've seen one, two, three dunks, you're not getting excited about four, five, six dunks, which brings me to the dunk contest. We've seen this thing just be piss poor year after year after year. I mean, this is a travesty. Three-point shooting contest. Not getting the best shooters to participate anymore. The superstars don't want nothing to do with it. The NBA has said, guys, we need you to show up. We need you to play. We need you to play hard. Heck, you complained before about you have all these media responsibilities. Okay, we'll take away the media responsibilities. You want more time? They're not playing another game till Thursday. The game was Sunday. Back in the day, you'd play again on Tuesday. 
You're not playing until Thursday. You've got rest. The NBA is making concession after concession to these players and giving them more and more money. Hey, you want to go ahead and, and promote your nonprofit or your brand or sell some extra stuff? Well, we'll let you do all that. Just do one thing for me. Show up and play hard, and let's have a better representation of the NBA and the game itself. Adam Silver knows it's a problem. But the question is, do the players realize that it's a problem? They really don't. And they don't care. They don't care. They don't care at all. More from the NBA All-Star. You want to hear You hear from Kobe Bryant? Here's what Kobe Bryant had to say. This is going back uh, a couple years ago before he passed. But he had some serious thoughts on this All-Star game. Here's Kobe. I think the All-Star game in general needs a little revamping because it used to be competitive. Yeah. It used to be competitive. And, like, you know, fans want to see the best pickup game in the world. That's what this is. They don't want to see you running up and down and dunking and doing all this crazy. Like, they want to see the what happens when you get this collection of best basketball players on the planet and they play and they go head up against each other. Yeah. I mean, you guys play harder at a pickup game in UCLA. For real. And ain't billions of people watching. For real. Definitely do. You know what I'm saying? Definitely do. They uh, got turned The All-Star game needs a little, needs a little changing. Um, I always love competing in them. Um, I didn't lose many of them. Nah, me and CP one, used to nah, talk all the time. The ones. You took it serious. Yeah, we, yeah. we went in. Like, I don't think me and CP, when we played together in the All-Star game, I don't think we've ever lost a game. Yeah. And we okay. used to look at each other and say, okay. Going serious. They go. don't want to play, we going to yeah, play. fourth quarter, let's go yeah. get them. Yeah, there's Kobe Bryant. And again, Here's one of the greats of all time speaking out. So for people to say that that the athletes don't feel the way, no. The greats do because when you're honored like this and you get to play in an all-star game, it is all about competing against the best. And that's what the fans want to see. So the fans are getting gypped. Everyone's getting gypped. And good for Adam Silver to stand up. And I said it yesterday when he presented the trophy – to the Eastern Conference, and he w- he had disgust in in his tone and in his face, and like he said, he goes, "Well, you guys scored the most points," and basically gave him the trophy. No, it 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 was terrible. And here's another thing. All right, now we're going to talk about the game itself and the 397 points. The people that are in this game, the so-called All Stars. Let's question this for a little bit too. Okay. If it's for the fans and the fans are going to vote, okay, I get that. But we've got to come to some sort of, of agreement here about who should be in the game, who should be starting the game. Do you know who was a reserve in this game? One of the greatest players in our league, the guy that saved All-Star Weekend this year, Stephen Curry, was a Western Conference reserve. How does Steph Curry not start in an all-star game? He's averaging 28 points this season. Now, if you're going to make the argument, well, Steph's been injured. No. Uh, Steph's had a down year. No. He's averaging 28 points per contest. And if you look at the grand scheme of things, that puts him, what, fifth? Fifth? Overall? And he can't start on the Western Conference all-star team? Are you kidding me? This is what a joke this has become. One of the greatest players of all time. And he is a reserve? Could you ever see Michael Jordan being a reserve? I mean, I mean, come on. George Gervin back in the day? A reserve? Earl the Pearl Monroe? I think Jordan in today's game would have been a reserve. We're not talking about that. No, I'm just saying. Is Steph Curry in his prime? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Michael Jordan it was in his prime. But I'm saying if the, if Kobe Bryant would he ever be a reserve. If this time shifted was different and it was this year and Jordan was in his prime. What? What are you saying? Of course. Jordan is Jordan. Because I, I don't think Jordan. Unless he's 48 years old. I don't think Steph wanted to play. It, I, I, I think it was one of the. Stop it. Stop. Don't speak for Steph. Okay. Did Steph show up Saturday night? And when he didn't have to? Yeah. Did he accept the challenge against Sabrina Nescu when he didn't have to? Yeah. And what did he do? Not only did he show up, he participated in all the media. He was cordial. He did his thing. And you know what he does? I am not going to be embarrassed. No, I'm going to compete. Just like he did when he came in. He came in, what, first shot? 
Cold off the bench after he was sitting for nearly an hour. Uh, drained a 30-footer. Next shot, drained another one. No. This nonsense about guys that don't want... If you don't want to play, you state you don't want to play and don't even show up. Don't even show up. Luka Doncic, don't show up. The game doesn't need you. Jokic, the game doesn't need you because you can't keep up anyway. And if you can't dunk a basketball, you're not even going to attempt it, and you're going to throw these wild passes out of bounds and you're laughing about it, don't show up because you're an embarrassment. Luka Doncic scored 77 points in a game, and this guy can't crack double digits in an all-star game, and he's, he's jogging up and down the Stay home. Nobody needs you. All right? Get guys that deserve to be there. Name recognition needs to be be there and get guys that want to play. Hey, I'll say this about LeBron James. All right. Did he probably not want to be there? He probably didn't. I'll say that. He didn't. But guess what? He showed up. Now he didn't show up until Sunday morning. All right. He wasn't there, but and he didn't play pretty much in the second half. But he went out there and he went and he ran the floor, had a couple breakaway dunks. He played hard and he has an ankle injury. Granted, but I'll give him credit. 20 years, 20 All-Stars, fine. He showed up. But you've got to change this game and make it better. Well, you know what, T? You hit the nail right on the head because you mentioned Kobe Bryant, you mentioned Steph Curry, and to some degree, LeBron. What do those three have in common? Besides being great players. Hmm. They respect the game. Of course. That's it. They respect the history of the game. Yes. Steph Curry's dad was a great player. Kobe's second generation. I've always said second generation players have been around the game since they were little kids in the arenas. They respect the game. Absolutely correct. It's it's ridiculous. It's a joke. And now the broadcasting has become a joke as well, too. I'm surprised it wasn't on Nickelodeon. (laughs) Like the football. Charles Barkley was in rare form. Now, on Saturday during the All-Star game, I don't know if anybody saw this, and we don't have the the audio. I started to record this, and then, but I don't know if it got deleted or what, but but Shaq is there, and he brings out from underneath the table uh, his new shoes by Reebok, and they've got the little mini Pepsi can in there. Charles Barkley starts going off like said, what, what are you doing, you know? You know, pimping that product, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he used this word exactly. He goes, I'm not going to, and Shaq says, hey, man, I'm going to offer you a Pepsi. He goes, I'm not going to drink that crap. I mean, what the heck? I mean, and it even got worse for Barkley coming on Sunday as he did one of the alternate telecasts, and he's talking like this during the game. Hey, Reggie, we love you. Let's not have another Austin. Let's let this be the last one. Come on, man. Is it the snow, You, you, you spent enough time here, Reggie. You don't need to come back again. for Austin. Was it the minus, uh, hey, you know, hey, the hey. 17 degrees? Hey, 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 Reggie. Yes? If you had a if you had a chance of being cold or being around a bunch of homeless crooks in San Francisco, when you... Oh, oh that's oh, crazy. Oh, no. You're not welcome. Oh, not hey, you're not welcome. Hey, hey, hey. We love uh, no, we don't. <laughs> yes, we do. You can't even walk around down yes, there. Yes, you can walk around. Yeah, with a bulletproof bag. Hey, <laughs> Chuck, you live in Philadelphia, Chuck. I live in Arizona. That microphone <laughs> says coffee. Just hold that. There it is. Charles Barkley ripping San Francisco. Now, I, no call bet. Hey, I've been around that arena. I've been downtown San Francisco recently. I'm not saying that he's wrong. Okay, there's a lot of homeless there. They have a major homeless problem, but you just don't come out. And you say don't that. say that on air. You don't say. You that. don't say that. You don't say that. And he said a lot of derogatory things. Personally speaking, about Charles. Yeah, love Charles off the cuff all the time. Right then and there, he was hyping his CNN TV show because his ratings are in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Charles Barkley just kind of a wrapped up. This is what we're talking about. We're not talking about a great game, a competitive game. We're talking about the commentary and the lack of effort at another NBA All-Star game. Rick Patino is having all kinds of problems at St. John's. You know, he left Iona to come back to the Big East, take over at St. John's, which is kind of a cool move. And Rick Patino seemed like he was pretty fired up about this. St. John's started off well this year. They were 12-4. and four. They had wins over Utah, Villanova, Xavier, Providence. Since then... The wheels have fallen off. St. John's 2-8, and eight, ninth place in the Big East. All came to a head when St. John's blew a 19-point lead 
Sunday against Seton Hall and losing. And Rick Pitino had this to say at his post-game press conference. He did not hold anything back. We just lack toughness. We just don't move our feet on defense. Look, they, they shot 37 free throws. Throw out the stats. You see it every game, the amount of free throws they shoot and the amount of free throws we shoot. Look at what Naheem shot on the year. Look at what uh, Chris Ledlam shot on the year. I mean, you're a power forward. You play 29 minutes without a free throw. Uh, that means you're not offensive rebounding, not getting to the line. So it's, it's really the, all the toughness things of why we give up leads. We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. And really, it's not about losing. Because even in winning, winning when we watch the film, I see unathletic plays. I, I see people that don't handle the ball, that's just interested in taking quick shots. So it's been a disappointing year. If you had to do it over again, would you have attacked your first offseason differently? I had no choice. We just could take who we could get, who was available. We had no choice. Um, I don't there is Rick Pitino ripping his St. John's team. And you know what? That may sound terrible to a lot of people. But let's see how they respond. But he's right. I mean, he, he, these guys are not playing well. You can't be blowing leads. They're two in, you know, when two of your last 10 games. And, you know, veteran coaches have a tendency to do this. The younger coaches won't do this. I could maybe hear Calipari doing this, but Rick Patino, he's trying to get his team's attention. And like he said afterwards, yeah, that was my mindset. I want my guys to hear and read about this. All right. This past week, we had an anniversary. 30 years ago, this week, one of the greatest post-game press conferences that got interrupted. It was after a game, a battle between two fiery teams and two fiery coaches. All right, 30 years ago, we're going back to 1994, right? UMass 56, Temple 55. And this broke out. I just got my ass blasted for giving them hell down in West Virginia. And here you get a hell of a job right here today. Good job. Three class guys. And you pick them out here and single them out. You can't get that damn nigga in front of the guy. Shut up, guys. You can't get in front of the guy. John Calipari on the defense of John Cheney from Temple at the time. Those are some those were some battles with UMass and Temple back in the day. John Cheney going after a young Calipari at that time. Hey, what's wrong with that? All right, those are some terrible Tuesday takes for you, even though that was pretty glorious right there. All right, we come back. Guest-driven hour in hour number two. Curtis Terry is going to join us. UNLV color commentator, the former Rebel himself, and Paul Gutierrez, the Raiders insider for ESPN. We talk about what are the Raiders going to do. Free agency is upon us. Franchise tag day begins today. We got all that and more coming your way here. A terrible Tuesday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Ooh, yeah.